our Heavenly Father, how can we thank you for the gift of the Bible? Our prayer is that your words on Bible and integrity will take hold of our spirits and give this nation a new conscience. In Jesus' name, Amen. We thank God for the Bible Society of Ghana and all over the world. And happy Bible week. And my job this morning is to convince you about the Bible and integrity. That if you can live a life of integrity, this country will change. First of all, the Bible. I agree with our MC that the third greatest thing God has done for humankind is to give us a Bible. Jesus is first. The Holy Spirit is second. But the third incontestable place in God's economy and God's grace for human beings is the Bible we have with us. And my first statement is anyone who does not believe the Bible cannot be a Christian. Why? Because the Jesus of the Bible believed the Bible, he memorized the Bible, and he allowed the Bible to rule his life. In John 10.35, Jesus said, The scripture cannot be broken. In Matthew 5.17-19, Jesus said, Even the letters of the Bible are inspired. In Matthew 26.24, I think we will read that. Jesus said that the Son of Man goes as has been written of him. Matthew 26, 24. For the Son of Man must die, as the scriptures declared long ago. The Son of Man goes, as it is written of him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born the written word of God ruled Jesus. Even after his resurrection, Luke chapter 24, from verse 25 to 27, 
he used the Bible to prove to his disciples that he was Jesus. Luke 24, 26. He said to them, Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Yes. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. What I'm saying is that even after Jesus rose from the dead, he used the written scriptures to prove to his followers that he was the Messiah. The same thing is in the verse 44. We are not reading it. This means that Jesus believed the historical evidence of the Bible. He believed the strength and the spiritual impact that the Bible should have. He knew the relevance of the Bible for his time. Because when he was being tempted by Satan in Matthew chapter 4 verse 4, he quoted, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Where does that come from? It is from Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3, written by Moses 1,500 years before Jesus. So, you are following a Jesus who believes that the Bible is relevant. He believes that the Bible is true. He believes that the Bible cannot be broken. It cannot be set aside. He believes the historical evidence of the scriptures. Therefore, you cannot be a Christian if the conviction of the Bible is not your conviction. This, this is my thesis. And I challenge any human being, anybody who claims to be a Christian, anywhere in the world, when I finish this sermon, come, let me take you on. You can never be a practicing Christian if you cannot believe what the scripture says as having relevance to your personal life. I hope that point is made. The second point I want to use to establish what I'm saying is that the Bible is more current than today's newspaper, graphic, times, and what have you. Because the last book of the Bible was written almost 2,000 years ago, many people dust their Bibles and they compare what computers are doing and they say oh, this old book but the God of the Bible never changes Malachi 3.6 he says I the Lord I change not the Jesus of the Bible never changes Hebrews 13.8 he says Jesus Christ is the same Yesterday, today, 
and forever. The Holy Spirit never changes. We see him in Genesis 1-2 and Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14. We are told he is the eternal spirit. And he is in the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22-17. Now, it is not only the God of the Bible and Jesus and the Holy Spirit who do not change. The scriptures themselves do not change. Psalm 119, verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in the heavens. The meaning of that is, what God hated thousands of years ago, He hates today the same way, with equal intensity. If God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah for Sodomy, what makes you think that today, because of computers and new uh, technology and so today God is more relaxed about sodomy and homosexuality you are wrong if God relaxes his judgment on evil and sin he has to apologize to people he judged in Noah's time he has to apologize to people he judged in Sodom and Gomorrah the Bible is relevant because what God hated in the Bible times, He hates today with the same intensity. What God loved in Bible times, He loves today with the same intensity. If you want to know the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you go to the Bible, you read, and you discover Him there. Because Hebrews 1, 1 says, God, who at sundry times in diverse manners spoke to the fathers through the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. The last days began with Jesus. And we are in the last days. Now, that should do for relevance. So let's talk about integrity. The Bible and integrity. Integrity is a difficult word to define. And it's even more difficult to explain. Because when we say integers in mathematics, we mean whole numbers. One, two, three, four, five, six. And the opposite is fractions, half, three quarters, one quarter. So, integrity, as an English word, means wholeness, soundness, something which is perfect, which, which has not been broken into parts, something which is all round complete. So, if we want to know the meaning of integrity, we have to go to the Bible. And that's where the challenge comes. I don't understand Kusar. My Eve is strong. My tree is weak. Fanti. And so, I was listening attentively 
as the Bible translators struggled to bring the Hebrew word translated by King James Version as integrity into other languages. Now, whenever you are reading the Bible and you see different translations using different words for the same thing, you must know they, they, they have a problem with bringing the exact area of meaning into our languages. So, for the sake of argument, I want us to reread the Genesis 20, verse 5 and verse 6. The story you have heard from the reading is that Abraham told everybody, including Abimelech the king, that Sarah is his sister. And Sarah too said, that's my brother. So, King Abimelech, a 90-year-old woman who is so beautiful, he can't keep his hands off. He took her into his hurry. Genesis chapter 20, at night, 5 and 6. At night, God came to him in a dream. You know why? <laughs> because Genesis 20 is the chapter before Genesis 21. Genesis 21, Isaac is born. <laughs> Therefore, if Sarah gets pregnant, they will say, Abimelech did it. Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And didn't she also say, he is my brother? I've done this thing with a clear conscience and clean hands. Yes. Clear, clear conscience and clean hands. Yes. Then God said to him in the dream, yes. I know you did this with a clear conscience. And so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. The NIV translates it as clear conscience. Please, let's read the KJV or NKJV. Kim James Version. Yes. And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst in the integrity of thy heart. Do you see? King James Version says integrity of your heart. NIV says clear conscience. It means they are struggling to bring down the two Hebrew words, labor tom. You see, the heart is called lab. And tom is a word which means perfect, sound. And NIV is saying clear Conscience. King James Version is saying integrity of heart. Are you with me? Sometimes when you are going to preach and you prepare with NIV and the person reading the Bible for you reads ESV, your sermon is destroyed. Because the word you were going to use, you see, you preach on the Bible and integrity. The whole Old Testament. The word translated integrity is tom, tumim, and tamim. 
That's the word. And the whole New Testament, KJV never uses the word integrity at all. The whole New Testament. But it is used in NIV. NIV uses integrity in Matthew 22, verse 16. And says, Jesus is a man of integrity. Please, let's, let's rush and look at that. Matthew twenty-two sixteen, They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Look at NIV. It says, teacher, we know that you are a man of integrity, that you teach the way of, of God in accordance with the truth. Let's read the KJV, Matthew 22, 26. Nothing is said about integrity. King James Version now. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man. There is no integrity here. So, the word translated here as integrity is aletaya. Aletaya is two Greek words packed together. A for not. And lantano meaning to hide. Aletaya is truth translated from something which is no longer hidden. Something which has been uncovered so that it is plain for everybody to see. So where am I going? I want to explain that the word integrity is not easy to explain or define from the Bible. We need to look at the context and find out what it is used for. And integrity, according to the Bible, has four faces. Even though I'm rushing through it, it doesn't mean it's not important. Number one is conviction. Conviction. Integrity in the Bible presupposes that you have a set of do's and don'ts for yourself or your workplace, your family, your ethnic group, and that code, like, I won't steal. I won't tell lies. That code is a conviction you are prepared to die for. That's what comes out. So, you see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 to 20, telling King Nebuchadnezzar that it's true, you are the most powerful human being on earth. But we are not bowing to your idol. Our God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. But even if he does not deliver us, we won't bow today, we won't bow tomorrow. That's it. It's a conviction. Ruth, in Ruth chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, when Naomi convinced Opa, her other-in-law, to leave her, Ruth told the mother-in-law, don't, 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 don't waste your time. 
I've made up my mind. That where you go, there I will go. Where you stay, there I will stay. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. The country you live in will be my country. Where you die, there I will die and be buried. Don't, don't waste your time to convince me. That is a conviction. There are a lot of Christians moving around. They have no conviction. They steal if everybody is stealing. They cheat in exams if everybody is cheating in exams. They wear some dresses if everybody is wearing them. They themselves have no conviction. So as the times come, they are flotsam and jetsam. They go to church, but they are the same chameleons when they are at work. Monday to Saturday. Because there is no conviction. They have no rule of do's and don'ts they are prepared to die for. That's number one concerning integrity. Number two is what we call candor, transparent honesty and sincerity. Now, the passage we read about Abimelech. Abimelech was saying, God, is that how you behave? Do you kill innocent people? Oh God, is that, I mean, I did this thing because he said that was the sister. She said that was the brother. In the integrity of my heart, the clear conscience and innocence of my hands, that's why I took the girl. I brought this lady because my conscience was clear. It's transparent honesty and sincerity. And God said, oh, yes, I knew that you did it with a clear conscience. But give the woman back. She's somebody's wife. Otherwise, you are dead. Now, heaven knows your heart. Whenever you do something, your motives are weighed and your convictions, heaven looks at them and asks questions whether you are being honest, you are being truthful, you, you, you are sincere. Certainly, if there is church service on Sunday and you are not aware and you didn't come and LIC pastor met you, say, this is a matter. We had church service and you didn't come. Say, oh, I didn't know. Truly, you are being sincere. You didn't know. And because of that, even though Abimelech was a Gentile king, God did not kill him for taking somebody's wife. Integrity is a guard in life. The God of heaven respects integrity. But when, even when you do something wrong, everybody can blame you. But the God of heaven who sees your heart will know whether you knew before you did it or you did not know. It was, you know, simplicity and sincerity of heart. Innocent. That's the second thing about integrity. The third is consistency. Consistency. You are not transparently honest Monday. Then Tuesday. You know, husbands who, when they are coming to church, 
they hold the wives back and say, Hey, honey, mind the steps. On Monday, when she's getting late for work, you scowl at her like a lion. And she knows the difference between your attitude in church and on Monday. You know, because it is not consistent. In Acts chapter 1 verse 1, the Bible says what Jesus began to do and to teach. Yes, you can read that. Acts chapter 1 verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Jesus began to do and to teach. That's integrity. He is walking his talk. There is consistency between what you say you believe and what you do. So, it is annoying that 71.2% of Ghana claims to be Christian. But there is so much corruption. There is so much bribery, passing of brown envelopes, and you name it. But the politicians sit in church every Sunday. Those who take the bribes, the people who are corrupt, you know, it's not only the police. What about our children cheating exams from BC? You see, I went to a secondary school to preach. And I spoke three days. And I talked about Jesus. I talked about the Holy Spirit. I talked about being born again and all. The final day, in my final sermon, I said, if there is anybody here who would rather fail an exam than cheat in the exam, please, can you stand up? Nobody stood up. So I said, no, no, no. It's my English. So I restated it. I said, okay, you notice that the way this exam is going, you are going to fail. If there is opportunity to cheat, will you cheat or you will fail in a palanquin? Nobody raised their hands. By the third time, I saw that over 600 Ghanaian students in SHS had made up their mind that they would rather cheat than fail. Now, how will it be if somebody cheats and becomes a doctor? He cheats in exams and becomes a lawyer. He cheats in exams and becomes a pilot. He cheats in exams and becomes an engineer. You see, the degree you are holding is a corrupt degree. Because you are a cheat. You are a fraud. You, you, you lack integrity. You, you cheated in exams to be where you are. Now, if the whole Ghana does that, do you understand? We can't trust our doctors. We can't trust our engineers. We can't trust, we can't trust nobody.
So it's, I'm not only talking about passing brown envelopes. Jesus said if you are not faithful in the least, you can't be faithful in much. It means what you say you believe, you must walk it. I mean, if somebody who is African traditionalist says, I believe there is nothing wrong with stealing. And he comes to LIC and he steals people's phones. That's integrity. That's integrity. Why? His code of beliefs is, I believe in stealing. Therefore, when he steals, he is acting in accordance with what he, he says he believes, his conviction. You go to church. You claim you love the Bible. You read it. The Bible gives very clear instructions about different areas of our lives. So, when you live outside a life which is not consistent with the Bible, you lack integrity. And the last is completeness. The all round. You don't cheat in exams. You don't take brown envelopes. But you cheat on your wife. You lack integrity. Integrity is all round. If you show integrity in one area, in another area, you don't have integrity. It collapses all the line of integrity you have. You know, last year I celebrated my 40th year in marriage. And it doesn't surprise people when I say it. It shocks me <laughs> that I have been faithful to one lady for 40 years. There is no rumor of my involvement. I've been pastoring now for 43 years of my involvement with any lady. I have at my beck and call hundreds of girls. I can just say, pastor says, see me. And they will rush. Do you understand? I am only saying integrity. You know, Ghanaians define corruption only in terms of money and bribery. That's not all. I even heard a lady say that the boss at work told her that I want to sleep with you before I promote you. And she discussed it with the husband. And the husband said, okay, go ahead. So the, the lady is sleeping with the boss at work. She's getting promotion. And she's back home as a wife. This is where Ghana has got to. This is where we are. When we talk about a lack of integrity, we are not only talking about money. We are not only talking about cheating in exams. We are talking about ordinary sincerity, transparent honesty, and biblical lifestyle in dealing with the ordinary things of life in and out. This nation is like this because of you. Don't run away from it. This nation is like this because of you. Because if you cheat in exams at BEC, are you going to tell your children not to cheat? They will cheat more. They will cheat from kindergarten. Because these days they are graduating the kindergarten graduates. Once you have not done it, you can't be an example for your children. The nation is like this because of you.
and because of me for that matter allow me to try and press some points home before we go the God of the Bible is a God of truth Deuteronomy 32 verse 4 in John 17 3 Jesus said this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God Numbers 23 19 says God is not a man to lie or the son of man to repent has he said it will he not do it has he spoken will he not make it good Deuteronomy 7 9 says that God's nickname is the faithful God First Corinthians 10 13 God is faithful First John 1 9 God is faithful and just Titus chapter 1 verse 2 God that cannot lie Hebrews 6 18 but in two things in which it is impossible for God to lie the God of the Bible is a God of truth he says that liars will never stand in his presence Psalm 101 verse 7 six things the Lord hates Proverbs chapter 6 verse 17 to 19 and he makes a lying tongue false witness what about Jesus he said in John 14 6 I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but by me he said in John 18 37 this is why I was born I came to bear witness to the truth anyone who is of the truth comes to me what about the Holy Spirit he's called the spirit of truth John chapter 14 verse 17 John chapter 15 verse 26 and John 16 verse 7 and 8 he is the spirit of truth but it's not only father son and holy spirit who deal with truth the bible the word of god is truth jesus said in john 8 31 and 32 if you continue in my words you will know the truth and the truth will make you free John 17, 17. He says, make them holy in your truth. Your word is truth. What about the church? 1 Timothy 3, 15 says, the church is the pillar and ground of truth in the whole universe. The new man is created in righteousness and truth. That's what Ephesians 4, 23 and 24 says. In fact, Jesus told his hearers in John 8, 44, You are of your father the devil, and his works you will do. My father was a shopkeeper. And I learned how to tell lies very early. Because in the shop, when people come and they ask him for reduction, reduction, you have to lie to them that, look, this cake of soap, we bought it even, uh, 10 CDs even in Accra. And you learn it until it becomes second nature to you. So you tell lies glibly and then the people buy it smoothly. But when I became born again, I came face to face with Revelation chapter 21 verse 8. That the first class of people who will be put in the lake of fire are liars. And I sat back. Revelation chapter 21 verse 8 But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, 
Those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars. Did you see that? They didn't say all the cowardly, all the unbelieving. They said all lies. If you are a liar and you get to heaven, heaven will crash. That's it. So, I, the whole thing is that you need to work on your own life and grab a discipline to be honest, to tell the truth. You are in Trotro, your boss calls you, and you are at Medina now, and it's already 8.30, and your boss says, Oh, Amma, where are you? We are waiting for you in the office. Oh, so, oh, boss, oh, I'm close to Siasi. Everybody in the Trotro knows that you are at Medina, and you are a, a, an elder in LIC. Oh, okay. Elders in LIC don't take trot trot. <laughs> you see? And a lot of us cannot even be honest with our wives. You can't tell them the truth. So one lady comes to you and tells you, Pastor, I can't trust my husband. You've broken the basic trust which you swore in a vow in marriage because you, you, you are a liar. Your wife has found out that you are a liar. You can't tell the truth. And it's not only husbands. There are wives like that. You see? You can't, you, your husband cannot trust you because you, you have no integrity. There is no honesty smelling around you. And we fill the country with such Christians. They sit in church every Sunday. And listen to a nice sermon. And they want to be tickled so that they can go. The blessing of God is upon you. Amen. You shall be the head and not the tail. Amen. You shall turn upwards only and not downwards. Amen. Shame. So, I want us to read Leviticus chapter 19. Verse 35 and 36. That one is doing me. If I don't read it, I don't think I want to end this sermon. Yes, Leviticus 19. Let's read verse 35 and 36. Leviticus 19, 35, 36. Do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, weight, or quantity. Don't use dishonest standards when you, you are a carpenter and people bring you wood. And you are using their wood to make a chair. Don't make one kitchen stool for your wife out of somebody's wood. You are a tailor. And somebody brings you cloth to sew. Don't sew sansa for your children with somebody's cloth. You see? You are a goldsmith. People bring you their golden rings and things. and they expect. So that's how we are. So somebody is selling on it. They have mixed the honey with some powder. Somebody is selling kerosene. They have melted candle into the bottle. So when they serve you kerosene, it's not a full kerosene. One lady came to me. She went where they were selling cement. And the shopkeepers had a very sharp metal. They would pierce the cement, take some, use it for their purposes, and sell the rest. When it's weekend, many of the DV... LA cars on our roads are cars which have been sold. But people 
take them for, and do everything with them and come and pack them for you to buy. These things make me sick. I was coming from Cote d'Ivoire with my wife and we boarded this South African Airways. And there was a Ghanaian team which had gone to play netball or football or whatever in, in Cote d'Ivoire. It was football. It was football. Ladies. And they were in the plane. Ladies. And I saw them stealing the South African blankets which were given to us to cover ourselves. Oh, Ghanaians. They were stealing the blankets, putting them into their bags, and, and they left quietly. Look, I was at the church growth conference at Yaba in Lagos in the early 90s. Ah, the day of closing, the buses were packed. Ah, why are we not moving? These Nigerians, deeper life, they started searching every bus and pulling out blankets Ghanaian pastors had stolen from the conference. They were pulling it out as evidence. You can imagine when we left. Why? What is wrong? Is it that when you are black, you cannot be straight? Can a black man be honest? <laughs> is it because our skin is black? Though our brain too are black. What is wrong with Ghanaians? What is wrong with Africa? Why? I don't understand. I went to Kolebu to visit a patient. And I saw that the nurses were throwing white balls of paper out of the windows. I didn't understand. Then each of the nurses would come, bow down and pick their particular piece of rolled paper. Long story short, there is a checkpoint and they pass there and they search you. And so they they take the medicine, the tablets, and they wrap it up, throw it out of the window. Each nurse spots where it will fall. And then when they pass through the checkpoint and they are blameless and women of integrity and men of integrity, they go and they pick. What, what, where are we going with such a lifestyle? These people, they, they go to church. That's 70% of Ghana for you. Should I tell you more? You see? Why? Is the blasky? Is there anything wrong? Look, when I go outside this country, I am ashamed. Ghanaians go into the clothing shop. The suit, the old suit they took there, they put it down. They wear a new suit as if they are fitting. And then they walk out without paying for it, leaving their old suit there. And the shop people thought that when they challenge these black people, it will be trouble. So they got these sniffing dogs, these bulldogs. Come and see them, released on Ghanaians. They'll be running, these dogs will be dragging the suit and they'll fall and be throwing the leg into the air. What is that? What is that? Eh? We have learned how to cheat every system. I'm not talking to Nigeria. I'm talking to Ghana. These things are Ghanaian issues. God bless you in Jesus' name. Shall we be on our feet? Now, I want to make an altar call. But you want to vow to God that you will not be part of the lack of integrity in this country. 
Others can do it, but not you. You will not be part. Anything that smells of lack of integrity, you don't want to be part of it. If you are here like that, let everybody close their eyes because people will think you are looking at them. I want you to raise your hands wherever you are. I want to pray with you before I put down the mic. You are a Ghanaian. You want to be honest. You want integrity as is in the Bible to, to be your, your code of ethics. I see the hands. I choose to believe you. Father, look at our hands. We need grace from heaven. Lord, we need grace from heaven. Lord, we need grace from heaven. We want to produce men and women who are oaks of righteousness, who are pillars of truth, people dependable, trustworthy, Ghanaian citizens who cannot be bought, they cannot be bribed, money cannot be used to, to jostle them, whose lives will be transparent and everybody will know, despite the opposition, that this nation has something to offer the rest of the world. Lord, let your grace fall on each life with hands raised in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.